When it comes to adversity, it's common for people to go to survival mode. One of the reasons why at the start of the pandemic, people were hoarding or going in survival mode, they were hoarding goods, food, um, alcohol, even um, a lot of essential necessities that they were hoarding. However, for today, I would like to introduce a new word, which is called empathy. So this concept of empathy um, is essential. And for today's talk, I'd like to discuss specifically empathy amidst adversity. With empathy amidst adversity, especially with the webinar featuring women shining amidst adversity, I think it's very important for women leaders or um, individuals in general to be able to understand and know the importance of empathy and also how to develop it. So for this talk today, I have three points or three segments I'd like to discuss. The first one is a case study on empathy. And then the next is why empathy is important amidst adversity. And lastly, how to develop empathy during adversity. So we can talk first about the Northeastern University case study. Um, there was a found link between severity of past adversity, such as loss, illness, violence, relationship breakdown, and increased empathy, a tendency to feel compassion for others in need. And in other words, the more suffering someone has been through, the more likely they're able to reach out and want to help others. So um, according to this, there is a correlation with actually empathy and adversity. And this is something that I personally went through experience after the many experiences that I've gone through in terms of the mental health care system and also with uh, my own personal experiences. One of the reasons why I personally feel that empathy is greatly developed and also compassion within me. And this is something important, especially when we're going through the pandemic um, amidst adversity. So for this case study, what happened was, was that they allowed um, around 50 students to be able to um, take, conduct an empathy test. So first, they were able to test about their adversity of their from loss, the illness and violence in relationships. And then they would have another student, let's say an actor, pretend that um, they are going through something difficult and they are in their need of help. And then they've noticed that those who had more ranking in terms of adversity throughout their life experiences had the correlation in terms of helping out that um, that planted actor in the uh, laboratory or in the case study. So I just want to emphasize that it, when it comes to adversity, it's actually more natural for people to develop compassion and empathy rather than in terms of survival mode. Now, they also noticed that when it comes to survivor mode or the reason why with adversity, people turn cold or they turn, they feel so depressed and then also helpless is mainly if it was not processed properly. If their adversity and their traumatic events are in process properly. One of the reasons why mental health care is very important for us, especially in the pandemic, if we're not able to um, hone and then cater to our certain traumatic events and process it on our own, whether it's on our own or with a friend or loved one or with a counselor, then that's something that can turn the other way at the other end of the spectrum. So the next one is the importance of empathy amidst adversity. So why is it so important in the first place? Well, you have your own personal reasons um, first. So first, it actually builds social connections that are good for personal healing and also relieving suffering. So it's also good for your personal growth and also your personal healing if you're able to bring empathy and also be able to build these social connections. Next, um, when it comes to the second part, which is brings meaning through our suffering. So we continue to be strong during adversity. One of the um, 
experiences. I've read a book back in high school before called Man's Search for Meaning from by Viktor Frankl. So with Viktor Frankl, he also inspired me and allowed me to have the understanding of what meaningful suffering means, um, that things aren't done in vain. And then although we cannot choose how what we suffer through or go through, and not saying that adversity is a good thing or it's great because it can build empathy, etc., not not advocating that type of mindset, but rather when adversity hits and adversity strikes without our own personal choices, then um, we can we have to cultivate a sense of meaning to it. So um, with this book, The Man's Search for Meaning, what's very interesting is that he um, was a Jew in a Nazi death camp. So with the Nazi death camp, um, what he did was that he noticed with people with different physiques, so some were built stronger and bigger, some more, um, more fragile looking in terms of the body frame, but he noticed those who actually stayed um, meaningful through their suffering, it didn't matter you know, what size or body shape they were or how healthy they were, but then in the end, those who actually had meaning and those who had more fragile frames or older people more prone to sickness were the ones who survived and outlived those um, who would have been perceived as a stronger individual in terms of physique wise. So this is something that he recounts in this book. And also let's say bringing out more of humanity, it creates a ripple effect for positive change. So what I hope personally for Empath is that even though it's, let's say it's not a big organization yet, um, and it just started August 2020 in the pandemic. This is something that I want um, Empath to have, which is the ripple effect for positive change. And you can also do this too. So with the ripple effect for the positive change, is a perfect example is the community pantries that have been going around. Um, with the community pantries, this is something that is um, essential also because imagine with just one person, it's able to create a ripple effect of so many other community pantries that come out and bring a positive change. So one of the reasons why empathy within adver adversity and times of pandemic um, is very important for us today. So next we can talk about um, specifically how to develop empathy during adversity. So this was a Forbes article, um, it's per particularly to leaders um, by Dr. Margie Warrell. So for those who are interested in, um, I guess, building community and even though this is addressed to leaders, this is something that can also be addressed with everyone and how you can relate yourself to the community and how to develop empathy and practice empathy in times of the pandemic. So um, we can start with the first one, which is to invest time understanding concerns. So um, according to Dr. Warrell, so being fully present for people can be profoundly impactful. So while the resources um, and the pressures of this time may drive you to be highly task focused and make a point to take time to check in on how people are doing and then the part people struggle with the most. So you have to listen and both to what they say and to their unspoken concerns and creating the psychological safety needed for people to be truly honest is the foundation to empathetic leadership or being an empathetic person. So no matter what they say or how uncomfortable it make you feel in sense of, I feel quite awkward, I am not really sure of what to say with them, then this is something that you have to make sure they don't feel regret that they actually opened up to you. And that's being also an empathetic listener. Actually empath in our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter, which you can follow and check out or subscribe to, we show how different ways of how you can be an active listener with our psychoeducational content. So one way is you can also follow us and we also have a podcast on Spotify. So this is something that um, you can check out also. The next one is to humanize yourself. 
So when it's humanizing yourself, so the best leaders are the best people don't come across as that little bit better than those um, beneath them in the organization chart or within their community. And for this, there are those who can connect on a humble and human level. So sharing personal anecdotes from your own life of what you're dealing with and how you're managing yourself can help build rapport and make you even more relatable to people. So for example, you have family that are continually interrupting you or you miss your morning espresso from your favorite coffee shop and this is something that's um, that seemed personal and kind of trivial and just in the little things but this actually helps you to become more relatable to people that it's not all perfect for you so let's say for example with me and my team I do express that yes I'm having a I'm still struggling in terms of work from home because I have a big family so it is also little things that help people feel comfortable with you and for you to be more empathetic towards them and so it's humanizing yourself the next one, so we move on to the third, is rally people behind a human-centered mission. So with this, um, in the midst of adversity, people actually crave for meaning. So for example, um, my reference back to Viktor Frankl and man's search for meaning um, during his experience in the Nazi death camps. So it's to know that their pain is not in vain, but can actually serve a higher good. So empathetic leaders or people are attuned to this deep human need and rally people to pull together for a shared mission critical. So a great example for this is also the community pantries. So with the community pantries, this is something that um, allows people to become empathetic. It just took one person. And as mentioned before, it creates a ripple effect. And then next one, it would be, they would um, prioritize yourself and role model well-being. So for you as whether it's a leader or whether it's in your household, it's to show that you prioritize self-care and you have to be a role model with it as well. So um, a reference to the darkest days of the Second World War. So Churchill often took an afternoon nap. So if everyone remembers Churchill, this public figure, um, some scoffed at his disappearing acts, yet by prioritizing his own energy management, he was able to bring his sharpest thinking to the crisis he faced. So the combination of losing regular routines and working remotely at home, often in less than ideal circumstances, can take a toll on well-being, fuel isolation, and stoke anxiety. So your example, let's say as a leader or even as an ate or kuya to your siblings, um, blocking time in your schedule for self-care will send a loud message to other people too. It's important for you to priori prioritize your time and in order for you to bring your A-game. And doing this so will expand also the bandwidth within your entire organization to meet the challenges at hand. So, and there's also saying the more stressed people are, the less smart they tend to act. And burnt out employees or burnt out organizational members, burnt out students actually tend to make fewer decisions and more short-sighted ones when they're not able to prioritize your self-care and role model well-being. So similar with Empath, um, with our corporation, is that they we also provide wellness classes. So whether it's um, coffee painting, whether it's um, also yoga, etc. Because I'm very into yoga, as they mentioned. Um, this is something that I also advocate and something that will hopefully help people ease through the pandemic with, of course, following the safety protocols. And so it's all online. And then the next one is that to um, practice connection and belonging. So we perform at our best when we feel included and connected. So working from home shifts the cultural context within teams and organizations to be creative and fostering connectedness and belonging across virtual teams and all levels. 
So for instance, um, you can also encourage with your community virtual happy hours, um, special interest groups, or even monthly book clubs. And you can even have Discord or Slack channels so people can just uh, drop in and out and just say hello or it's like a common room a virtual room so for this um, practice connection and belonging it has to be proactive thing all the more in line so it's you reaching out um you having to make this the small even if it's just a little effort every day to reach out and allow connections for people then that's also something that's important and will help um, practice empathy in times of adversity so the next one, last but not the least, but it's one of my favorite ones, which is nurture hope and spread optimism. With nurturing hope and spreading optimism, um, according to Sarenson, he quote, I quote him, he, we can and we will overcome this and thrive once again. So with this, um, he's able to instill hope in the hearts and minds of others. So a study by Gallup organization of the uh, major crisis over the last century identified four core needs people look up to for people. And that would be trust, compassion, stability, and also hope. So helping people maintain hope that better days um, lay ahead can lift flagging spirits and steal and steal resolve to keep faith and press on on even the hardened days. So of course this requires the ground of hope and optimism within yourself. So I'm not saying that it we should always have positive positive um, sorry toxic positivity, but it's important to still have hope despite all the struggles that we're having and that helps you to become an empathetic person, being able to see and spread that optimism towards others. Now, um, before I end, I would just like to um, recap of what we've discussed so far. So today we covered um, a case study on empathy about how there is a correlation if properly processed and um, identified and reflected upon that you can develop empathy with adversity. And the second one is why empathy is so important amidst adversity, especially the part when it creates a ripple effect of positive change. And then there's how to develop empathy during adversity and also um, I would just like to share something um, personally from myself. So with Empath, um, it started August 2020, um, mainly because of my personal struggles. So that's the case study in Empathy, which shows it that because of my personal struggles and also adversity, I wanted to help and make a difference with other people. And that's something that I'm sure a lot of the speakers um, would feel here today is because they they went through a certain struggle and they're able to develop empathy enough to be able to launch something amidst the adversity. Second, why empathy is important amidst adversity, why Empath, um, the corporation was so important to me is because it allowed me to heal also my personal struggles. Um, it also allowed me to be able to bring um, meaning and then also for more of an external factor, it allows positive change within our community in the mental health not just the mental health sphere, but also without the country, since this is something that we'd want to cater nationwide. And lastly, um, how to develop empathy adversity is something that these traits that I actually unconsciously upon before reaching the article is something that I practice within my company, within my home, and also within my community. So before I end, I would just like to end a quote with um, Dr. Margie Warrell. So, she says that your empathy may not change their situation, but by showing you genuinely care, you will change their experience of it. So that's um, for the talk for today. And thank you. And I hope you all have a good afternoon. Hey, advocates. Thank you so much for tuning in into this episode. If you have any comments or suggestions of topics that we can still discuss in this podcast in the future, feel free to contact me at underscore Steph Naval on Instagram or Twitter. 
So thank you so much and have a good day.